You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. All right, yeah, our roster looks great on paper. Look the hell. All right. But at the end of the day, we better be a good team. And you start building that during this time of the year. Get your sorry ass up! Get your sorry ass up! Doing a lot of talking with somebody that ain't do shit today. Doing a lot of talking. Do you think you're better than Jarrell Revis is right now? I'm better than you. My 24 years of life, I'm better at life than you. Dang, dang! Time is on the one! I ain't never seen you before, huh? Back up, Tanner Coach, you need some help. We're gonna expose you, boy. All right, we coming at your ass. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Roundtable. Roundtable. Let's go! Let's go! What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast, proud members of the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. You can find them at FTFPodNet on Twitter. You can find me, your host, Matthew Burning at SportsFanaticMB on Twitter. We are just one of a ton of great podcasts associated with this network, though, some of which are Jim Day of FF Champs, Corey Parsons and Dr. Roto from SiriusXM Radio, Mr. Bob Lung, the award-winning fantasy football consistency guide and the creator of the Midwest Fantasy Expo, Dwayne McFarland, Blake Sullivan, and a ton of great others, and you can find all of us on FullTimeFantasy.com, your one-stop shop for all of your fantasy news, advice, and strategies. We at the Roundtable are also excited to be partnering with ExpandTheBoxScore.com. You can find them at XTBoxScore on Twitter. They have some of the most advanced stats in football, baseball, basketball, and college football. College football stats are extremely hard to find. For just $15 a year, you can look at all of these. I'm telling you guys, it is well worth it. If you like to dive into the analytical side of sports and or for I use it for prospects, college football prospects specifically, it is amazing. It goes down to the minutest of details in this stuff. And again, it's just $15 a year. If you use our code ROUNDTABLE, you will get 10% off of that, which is a steal of a deal, if I do say so myself, and probably the best deal in the industry. So definitely check them out, especially if you want to get a jump on the upcoming draft class. It'll be well worth your time and money. And we've got ourselves an interesting show for you guys today. Dennis and Matt will be jumping on here in just a second. You can follow Dennis on Twitter at Culture underscore Coach. And you can follow Matt at Nighthawk7734. We are going to be breaking down a listener league here. Not one of our listener leagues, but a listener of the show. Uh, a fan of ours, uh, someone who follows us on Twitter, listens to the show. They have sent us their rosters, the D-League. It is a 10-team league on Sleeper. It's a dynasty league. We are going to be breaking down this team. We're 
going to be doing this throughout the off season instead of just doing kind of meaningless shows like we did last year. I shouldn't say meaningless, uh, but shows that kind of were just filler shows and you guys could kind of tell. Instead, we're going to give back and we're going to talk about our listeners and their leagues and kind of give them advice on what we like and don't like about their teams, what we would do differently for them. So we're going to jump on Dennis and Matt here. We're going to break down the D-League sent to us by Craig Schmucker. We've got Mr. Dennis Bennett with us today. You can find him at Culture underscore Coach. Dennis, how was your uh, Lover's Day last week, and how was your weekend? My Lover's Day was fantastic. Actually, the wife made reservations for not just the two of us, but the boys as well, and we tried a new restaurant that was eh, okay. But the over, the experience was overall pretty good. That is awesome. And we've also got Mr. Matthew Fox with us. You can follow him on Twitter at Nighthawk7734. Matt, how was your Lover's Day and how was your weekend? Uh, weekend was pretty good. We actually finally uh, saw the sun this weekend. Uh, on Valentine's Day, uh, didn't do a whole lot, but uh, making a special dinner for my, my wife tonight. So uh, she's very excited about that, making her steak and a baked potato. Very nice. Yeah, that's why we are going to fly some of, through some of this stuff here. As I mentioned, I kind of uh, – I, I was one who started us late here today, so we're on a little bit of a tighter schedule than usual. So really quick, before we jump into uh, what I mentioned in the intro, we're going to break down a, a league from a listener. Someone uh, sent us one of their leagues. We're going to jump in and do that today. Before we get into that, Matt, let's talk a little bit about the XFL. Uh, second weekend, there's been – a. It seems like a lot more questions this week than last week due to what I would say is the inconsistent quarterback play. Uh, in my opinion, we have had two good, two quarterbacks play really good here uh, the first two weeks. That'd be Cardell for this is a DC Defenders podcast, by the way. If anybody wants to know, all three of us support the Defenders. <laughs> Uh, so Cardell Jones has played decent, a little bit worse game this week than last week, but still overall very good. And then Phillips for uh, the Houston Roughnecks, I believe is his name. Uh, he has also been phenomenal. Probably Houston's been right. Williams. Williams, I apologize. Phillips was the wide receiver, correct? Is that, that what I mixed yeah, up? Okay, yeah. Yeah, Cam Phillips is uh, their big wide receiver. Uh, yeah, yeah. They also have uh, Sammy Coates. Yes, so th- those two have probably been the two better teams so far. So give us uh, give us your thoughts since you break uh, these down for the FLA blog, kind of what you saw from week two. Yeah, well, if you read my column on Thursday, I thought the game of the week was going to be the Defenders versus the Guardians because the Guardians looked like they had an incredible defense and had been one of the best teams in week one, but they just simply did not show up. I actually thought Cardale Jones looked better this week uh, than last week. I thought it was interesting. You said he had a lesser game because the Guardians definitely, while their offense fell into the toilet, they definitely have a pretty good defense, and he had stronger passing numbers overall. Um, you know, they just kind of wipe the floor with them. I think the defenders are probably uh, a favorite right now. Um, the second game on Saturday was not too bad. Uh, Mark Tressman looks an awful lot like Chicago Bears Mark Tressman and not uh, CFL Mark Tressman, which a lot of people were hoping for. Uh, that team has <laughs> terrible clock management, terrible offensive schemes, terrible decision making. Um, but I actually kind of like what Jim Zorn is doing with Seattle. I thought they looked decent against the uh, defenders, and they were able to win that game. I'm curious to see. Um, I think the big game in week three is going to be 
Seattle Dragons against uh, the Dallas Renegades because uh-huh. Dallas really finally seemed to get going in the second half. Uh, those two teams are chasing Houston in the West. One Only one of them can make the playoffs because uh, only two from each conference go. Gotcha. Um, so I think that's going to be kind of a fascinating game. Um, but I actually thought, uh, aside from the first game, which ended up being a surprising blowout, uh, the rest of the games were very uh, competitive and interesting. I thought a little bit better than week one. Yeah, so the the reason I said uh, what I did on Cardell was just, and maybe that was due to the New York Guardians defense, as you pointed out, they are really good. Just he seemed to throw a couple more picks. This one just didn't look all in in sync like he did in Week One. But that may be more. I guess maybe I should give more credit to the Guardians defense, as, as they did obviously had the huge game. Uh, their defense was really kind of what helped win them that game in, in the first week as well. That blowout that they had in that first week uh, because of how good their defense was as well. So yeah, I mean Dallas. Uh, obviously, me living here in Dallas, uh, I know. There's a lot of Renegades fans. Like I said, I'm going to the game in two weeks, actually, them against the New York Guardians uh, here in Dallas. And uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of hope with them getting Landry back now that he he might actually be able to lead them. But, I mean, Houston looks good. Those are The two games that I watched this weekend were the D.C. Defenders and then the Houston and uh, the, the Battlehawks game uh, late Sunday night. Those, those are the yeah. two games that I was able to watch this weekend. So I'll be interested to see how, how the rest of this goes. Like I said, I know a lot of people um, were really kind of – I guess taking it back a little bit, uh, the one that I, obviously I saw the most again watching the Defenders game was how bad Matt McGloin looked this week compared to last week as well. And a lot of people are saying that some of the really bad quarterback play in this second week has really kind of dragged the league down. So I still enjoyed the two games that I watched, but uh, from everything I've seen, it looks like those were probably two of the better games of this weekend. So maybe that's why yeah. uh, I still enjoyed it as much. But I'm, I'm hoping it works well, out. So go ahead. I think one thing they pointed out that you, that is a – a fair note is these guys didn't have a ton of time practicing together and they had no preseason games. So, you know, really compressed 10 week season. Um, some of these teams were missing players due to injury uh, week one too. So, so the second week was trying to figure out who the teams are, who the coaches are, how the style of play is going to work, how the rules work. I think there's going to be some fits and starts. Um, but overall, I thought that there was more consistently strong play across the games. Some of the some of week one, there were periods and quarters where it was tough to watch. Yeah, that that is a fair point. I mean, you go and look at uh, NFL games at times, and we talk about now. It seems like. Uh, come weeks one and two even of the regular season for the NFL, and we say, oh, those are kind of like glorified preseason games because the starters don't get to play that much. They're getting all of training camps and preseason games, and the XFL doesn't get any of that. So we, I, I do agree with you. We might sh- – or not might. We should give them a little bit uh, – a little bit of leeway, I guess, and and ex- not expect them to be you know perfect NFL games coming right out the gate. But I'm with you. I enjoyed some of the games this week, and I'm I'm excited to see where it goes uh, the rest of the season and if they can come back uh, for a second season. Because I think regardless, this season from the way it's structured looks like it's not going to be an AAF thing, and they're going to at least be able to play out the season. Is will this be able to come back next year and also be able to thrive? I think is going to be the main question for them. 
So we, uh, we've we got the three of us on here today, and uh, we're a little bit of a filler episode here as we're getting ready next week. We'll dive full into the combine stuff as the combine starts next week. Uh, so we wanted to, as I mentioned before, give back a little bit to our listeners and the people who follow us on Twitter and interact with us. Uh, so from, and I apologize right now, Craig, because I'm going to probably say your name wrong, uh, but Craig Schmucker, I believe is how you say his last name, sent me uh, one of his teams. Uh, you can follow him at FF underscore Schmuck, S-C-H. M-U-C-K. He sent us his 10-teamer on sleepers. So we are going to jump in and break that down now, give our thoughts on the entire league. First and 10 at the Lions 29, and Prescott goes screen right. Elliott down the right side to the 25, to the 20, to the 10. Elliott to the pylon. Takes the snap, gives it, Chubb runs, he's in a 15, he's in a 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, there goes Chubb, he's in the 30, 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Chubb-a-lubba home! 92 yards! From Adam. Case on a deep drop, steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side. Caught by Dick. Stay on. Oh my God. Oh my God. So for reference point for anybody listening, if, if you guys are interested to hear what other teams look like and everything, this is a 10-team league. Uh, they start quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end, a flex. Their quarterbacks get six points per touchdown. I do want to uh, – he did want to let me know this to kind of let you guys know as well uh, that this is their very very first year, that none of them have ever played Dynasty before. This was kind of like their first foray into it. Uh, so I kind of get the 10-team league and the, the smaller lineup limitations. Uh, the one thing I'll say on it before we move on to the teams, because um, I know, uh, Craig, you said that your whole league was going to listen to this. I would suggest – Expanding your rosters, um, or not expanding your roster, but expand, expanding your starting lineups. Uh, unfortunately, it's going to give one team a little bit more of an advantage because uh, there is one team that is fairly stacked in this league. Uh, but I will, uh, I, I would say it's going to make it a little bit more fun, in my opinion, from what I've dealt with in ten teamers to have the uh, the lineups a little bit deeper. If you guys don't want to do that, you don't have to take a take my uh, my uh, suggestion there. All right, so let's talk about the rankings. Uh, let's just go one, one through, uh, one through ten here. Uh, we all have the same top two, so I'm gonna let, uh, we'll, we'll let Matt you go first, Dennis give yours, and then I'll give mine. Let's just rank them first, and then we'll, we'll go in order and, and talk about each team in a minute. So Matt, who do you have as your number one team in this league? Uh, get Schmucker seventy, which I'm guessing is uh, the listener who yes. turned it. Yeah, yeah, I believe it is as well. Dennis, who do you have? I had Get Schmucked as well. 
I, I got to be honest, when I looked at these rosters, it, I, I believe it's the first year in Dynasty for at least nine of these teams. <laughs> yeah. It might be the first year in Fantasy for nine of these teams. I was surprised that you said it was their first year of a league that this was post a startup draft, because uh, I would not have guessed that based well, on the one, where these rosters went. The like, one thing, did, did Craig start this league with like his little brother and, uh, and eight of his <laughs> friends, and then he had him trade all of the good players to that, him? Uh, that I don't know. The one thing I can say, the benefit that I have that obviously you guys don't, I don't have the draft picks on here. So Craig has clearly traded away a lot of his draft picks. So I'm assuming with some of the moves that he made throughout the year, uh, I would imagine he didn't get all these guys in the startup draft. This, the, his team is where it is, I would assume, because of the picks that he has traded. Uh, which I'm thinking is maybe other people who are who are more or I guess bought more into their draft picks than the players. I know most of us on this podcast don't believe in that narrative. So, but obviously there are people out there who do do that. Uh, so I'm, I'm guessing that's where he got uh, to where he did with his team. But I have him as my number one he team said as well. <laughs> I will. Uh, the, I'll start with the second team. We'll go backwards here. So my second team was Johnny Tsunami. Uh, I, I think he's close. He's got a lot of really good players here, but uh, obviously the depth is kind of what separates him. So Johnny Tsunami is my two. Dennis, who's your two? I have Johnny Tsunami uh, second as well. Uh, I think Johnny Tsunami's got a pretty good running back core, but uh, could have some trouble at quarterback. Uh, oh, wide don't, receiver don't, don't break not, it down yet. We're, we're, we're saving that for a minute. I just want to run through our ranks real quick, and then we'll break them down. Uh, Matt, who'd you have at second? I have the same Johnny Tsunami. All right, now you're at three. This is where it starts to separate uh, for some of us a lot. Me and Matt, I think, are actually, from what I'm looking at, pretty close here. Dennis, you, you're you a little bit different from us, so we'll, we'll definitely get, uh, like I said, de- deeper into the teams here in a minute. But who did you have as your three? Matt. Uh, JPH4M. Dennis? I have Game of End Zones at number three. And I have C.S. Galus. At four, I have Captain America. Dennis, who'd you have at four? Bam Bam Sam. And I had C.S. Galus. And then I had Captain America at five. I have Captain America five as well. And then I have Game of End Zones at five. At six, I have Jew Pickle. Dennis, who'd you have? Uh... I actually have Cap, uh, Jew Pickle and Captain America are actually tied for five. And then I had Bam Bam Sam, and at seven I had Jew Pickle. All right, so I see where I guess the biggest difference for me is is JPH. I have him down at uh, seven, which is kind of where you have him higher. Dennis, you have him right there with me as well. And then I have KH Merrick at eight. Matt, er, I'm sorry, man, I'm messing this up. Dennis, who do you have at eight? C.S. Gales. And Matt? And at 8, I had Game of Endones. And at 9, I had Thanks, Obama. And just give us your 10 real quick to kind of round it out. Uh, I guess it's Chimeric. Yeah. Dennis? I have, I have Chimeric 9 and Thanks, Obama 10. And then I have Bam Bam 9 and Obama 10. So we're going to run it off of uh, – I'm just going to run it off my ranks because I'm the host and I get to – I'm the host with the most and I get to do what I want. So let's go down and run through each team here now with Get Schmucked. I mean, what what can we say about this team? They're loaded. Uh, they've got not only a ton of talent depth but obviously – Depth in every position. Yes, depth at every position and youth as well. So it's not like he's sitting there with yeah. a ton of, uh, you know, high – like – 
he's not sitting there with a bunch of guys who who might not be producing at the the place that they are now in a couple years. I mean, Watson, Winston, Prescott. He's got Haskins and Wentz as well. Um, CMC. Don't forget Taysom Hill. Yeah, I know you're a huge Taysom Hill fan. Uh, CMC, Zeke, Mixon, I mean, again, when you're only having to start two running backs and you've got CMC and Zeke you throw in every week, I think Mixon has a bounce back year this year, so then you've got him as your backup for whenever's on by. You have Kareem Hunt and Geist as well. OBJ, Adams, Juju, DJ Moore, Kenny Galladay, Preston Williams, the best wide receiver in the league, Hakeem Butler. Like, it's ridiculous. I mean, what can you say? And then Evan Ingram and Mark Andrews. Uh, realistically, uh, in my opinion, there's nothing you can change about this team. So what are your guys' thoughts on, on his team? Do you have anything you want to add? You know, I, I feel like he probably doesn't have any draft picks, and his team is so deep that he needs to start moving players uh, to get picks and, and reload. Get If I'm if I'm a get schmuck, I've got Zeke on the block. I've got OBJ on the block. Maybe Juju instead of OBJ, but his team is so deep that he needs to move. You know, move Evan Ingram. He he could literally lock up, take some of these lower teams, and he can lock up the draft this year and next year as well. I mean, it's dynasty. If if this was me with a team this deep, I'd sacrifice that depth, especially with the shallow starting lineup. If he could come out of the trade season with three or four maybe five first-round picks, six first-round picks over the next two years and still be super deep, uh, I'd be going for it. All right, so really quick on his picks, uh, he doesn't have – obviously doesn't have a first-round pick this year, uh, but he does have three seconds. So he, he's still – with the trades he's made, he's got one, one uh, and one-fifth. So, I mean, he's obviously traded his first. He traded away his second. He does not have that, his third, fourth-round pick. So he's got three seconds and a fifth, which I I do agree with you uh, for the most part on this, Dennis. And the way I would look at it, again, if you're not going to expand your your starting lineup some, if you are, I wouldn't trade away too much because obviously you want to keep some of the depth that you have. Your depth is kind of what gives you uh, the advantage in a league like this, in my opinion, Uh, especially. But with it being as, as... Low end on the starting scale as it is, you don't need to have five starting wide receivers worth of, you know, starters if you're not only going to be able to play three of them a week and you have like seven of them. So I'm with Dennis. Well, the first move they need to make is go to Superflex. Well, yeah, I mean, I could see that. He's the only one that would benefit from that. Well, that's that's what I said. That's that's the worst part about it is we – I feel bad suggesting this because, like I said, I I do think it – I don't want to. I feel like we're. I don't want to shame anybody's league, and there's no shame. Like it's it's awesome. Anybody who plays fantasy in any kind of league size is awesome. We have no issues with that. Uh, Like I said, for for just from my perspective, from the game, the leagues that I've played in, when you play in smaller uh, smaller scale leagues in like a ten team league, which is not much smaller than a twelve league, obviously, but does separate out the talent a little bit more. Uh, It is. It makes it a little bit more interesting when you add a couple extra flex spots. I wouldn't be surprised, or I wouldn't you know to go against the super flex. Now it would help him but as i suggested earlier adding in a couple extra flex spots would also benefit him uh, because of the stars that he has so regardless i think if they if they make any changes it's going to help him uh and probably johnny tsunami some as well because he does have a good team as well uh, but again not quite the depth uh that that gets schmucked has so regardless if they change anything it's going to help him uh but if they don't i'm with dennis make some moves try and get some picks even if it's not this year next year uh but i would definitely try and move a couple of these guys uh 
I don't know if I'd move Zeke just because I don't know what you're going to get out of Kareem Hunt or Geis. Um, I would actually probably try and move one of those two if it's me because you're not going to get a first-round pick, uh, but I know you have three seconds this year. I wouldn't mind selling one of those for a couple seconds, maybe a second this year and a second next year because I still think the second round this year you're going to get top-end first-round talent. Uh, in this year's draft, and I also think next year's draft is going to be fairly deep as well, probably at running back more than wide receiver than we thought with all the guys that went back to school this year we thought were coming out. Uh, so I would I would give up one of those guys for a couple second-round picks. Maybe you could get one for a 2021 first, uh, but I, I would try and move one of those first on the running back side. Uh, and then wide receivers, I'm with Dennis. I would try and move a, a OBJ or Juju because they're probably going to get you the most back because you can fall back on guys like DJ Moore and Kenny Galladay, who both I think are going to be stars maybe and Nikhil Harry if you got someone who you can sell on him uh, in you know full full uh, disclosure here I'm not a Nikhil Harry fan so if you can find someone who is a fan of him I'd move him I don't think he's going to break out like everybody else does maybe a Brandon Cooks you could move as well uh, Matt you have anything you want to add on his team before we move on to Johnny Tsunami no I mean <clears throat> I get what you're saying it makes a little bit of sense but looking at his roster the ages and everything I mean he could almost not make any moves and probably win three or four more titles in a row so yeah. I don't know that I feel the urgency I would probably like you target moving OBJ and guys uh, and see if I could build picks back that way well yeah, yeah. I, I get that but are you going to find Jerry Judy or, or Jonathan Taylor in the second round? No, but uh, he doesn't right. need them. That's it. But That's the end of the answer right there. It's no. So get – But he doesn't need I, it. I get moving guys, but what you're not going to get – in a 10-team league, you're not going to get the same thing for guys that you are in a 12, 14, or 16 team. Move Zeke, who's who's had a ton of carries over his four years. He's taken a beating. I love Zeke. I'm probably the biggest Zeke homer out there. But it, it's it's time. When I look at Zeke, CMC, and Mixon, I, I think Zeke is, is the third out of those three. But you're still going to be able to get a nice haul for him. You're going to get at least two first-round picks, even in a 10-team league. And if you can get two first-round picks for him right now, two firsts and a player, then I, I think you do that with this depth. Maybe, maybe guys in Hunt aren't going to be, quote-unquote, what you need. But in all likelihood, you're looking at two weeks you're going to need somebody. Well, I'm, you know, I mean, it, I get what you're saying. I, I just think I think maybe what me and Matt are saying is there's – you're, you're right. You're not going to get Jonathan Taylor or Jerry Judy, but he also doesn't need Jonathan Taylor or Jerry Judy. Like – we all think Jonathan Taylor and Jerry Judy are going to be. He doesn't need Ronald Jones either. He doesn't need Ronald Jones. You're right. I mean, we all we, we think that these guys are going to be good in the NFL, but we don't know. We don't even know where they're going to land yet. So my whole thing is I'm not going to trade a guy that I know what I'm getting at, Zeke. Even if he has another down year uh, like he did last year, he's still a top five running back in the NFL. I'm not going to move that for a couple draft picks that I don't know what I'm going to be able to get out of them right now. Like it's say it's safe it's fair to say, hey, I want you know. Jerry Judy or Jonathan Taylor right now, but what if Jerry Judy ends up on Chicago? And what if Jonathan Taylor goes to the New England Patriots? That's going to drop their value some. It's not, I don't want to make that move right now, I guess is what I'm saying. I'd rather move it. You're right. You're not going to get as much for guys. Or, or Kareem Hunt if you move them for a couple second-round picks. But again, in a 10-team ten, ten a 10 team league, 
you're also moving the value up even more because, again, you're taking those two teams out that are not drafting in 11 and 12. So now we're already talking about this team, this league. My goodness, I can't talk. This draft being extremely deep as it is in 12-team leagues. Now you take away those two spots. It's even deeper now in a 10-team league where I would almost say you could get first-round talent in this draft at the end of a 10-team round in a, in the second round in a 10-team league. So I'm not moving, especially with three uh, three draft picks. All right, so, I mean, we like I said, we I understand where you're coming from, Dennis, but I, I, for me, at least now, if you do want to move Zeke, I would wait until the draft comes and you can kind of see where these guys land first uh, before making a move and kind of uh, acquiring blind picks. Because as well, much, yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying trade him today. I got you. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. you certainly make, make thoughtful moves. But he's the one I'd be moving out of that, off that team. All right, so let's go on to Johnny Tsunami, who is all our second, uh, second ranked team here. Uh, just kind of going over his, let's see here, his top guys that I've got listed on here. Uh, so quarterback, he's he's all right. I, I don't really love any of his quarterbacks. Matt Ryan is probably his best quarterback. Assuming. Assuming Cam Newton comes back and is healthy and plays for Carolina, do either one of you? Uh, would either one of you be okay owning him, I guess, is the way to put it. Like, how do you feel about Cam Newton against, assuming he's back healthy and is the starter for Carolina next year? I, I don't think I'd be starting him over Ryan, but I'm more than happy to have him as one of my backups. Uh, I, I think I, – I feel like Newton's going to come back and, and be okay for a couple years. But part of his issue going forward is going to be that the pounding has started to add up and accuracy was never, uh, the top part of his game. I mean, he's decent accuracy, but he was the, the edge for him was the threat of the run, the rushing touchdowns. So, uh, he, I think he comes back. I think he'll be serviceable for the type of quarterback that he is. But I, I would expect, especially in a six-point league, that Matt Ryan is going to be the one racking up the points on that roster. Yeah, I mean, he, he's definitely yeah, the best I, one. Go ahead, Matt. Well, landing spot, I think, you know, I wouldn't dump him, but, you know, I think we don't know enough about, you know, is Cam Newton – Where's he going to be? What's his landing spot going to be? If he's in Carolina, how does the change impact him? How healthy he is? I mean, right now he's not somebody you can get enough trade value for, but not somebody you would release. So I think, yeah. unfortunately, got to wait a couple months. So on, clearly he doesn't have uh, the depth that quarterback is. I mean, well, you've got Jimmy G. Marcus Mariota is likely going to be a backup somewhere. So, I mean, you've got three possible starting quarterbacks. Uh, it'll be interesting. Well, we'll talk about the court QB position in a minute, I guess, because although it's important for fantasy, it's not nearly as important for fantasy as the NFL. Running backs, I'm interested to hear your guys' thoughts on because I, I like his running back core for the most part. And we don't know what's going to happen with Derrick Henry. Uh, we all assume he's going to come back to the Titans, but we don't know that. Uh, Mark Ingram's just a year older, looked really good in Baltimore last year, but can he re reproduce what he did last year? You got Melvin Gordon, who is also a free agent. Carry on, who I like. I, I'm a big fan of Carry on. I think he could have a good year in Detroit. He's got to stay healthy. Uh, and then obviously, mine and Mr. Fox's guy, Philip Lindsay, the GOAT. Uh, and and then obviously Miles Sanders as well, who I, I clearly love. He, he's phenomenal running back. So he's got a, a good 
overall core, but his top three guys have some serious questions, uh, especially two in Gordon and Henry and what they end up doing in free agency. Uh, so what are you guys, what are your thoughts on his running back core? Uh, I think he has a pretty good group, like you said. Um, some some good players uh, and a good mix of uh, youth and older players. Yeah, the, uh, the free agents... Those are the ones that probably worry me the most. It's going to be, depending on where they land, it really is is going to put some pressure on his depth. Um, I love on Johnson, but he's starting to seem like you're not going to get a full year out of him. It almost, uh, looking at it, it, looks like if he gets used right, Sanders could be the RB1 on this team this year. Yeah. Uh, I don't disagree with that. I think the best case scenario for him would be Henry re-signing with Tennessee. Uh, but I think if he does, he's probably going to have to give him a discount. I think Tennessee's going to play hardball with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I, I don't know where Melvin Gordon goes. Um, I mean, he's indicated he wants to go back to the Chargers. I think. Right. I really think with with him not to get too far off onto this real quick. I, I do think he ends back up with the Chargers because I feel like after what happened last year, he clearly realized that he does not have quite the. Uh, I don't know how to put it, the draft capital, the stock that he thought he did. He really, I think, thought when he did the holdout that some team was going to come trade for him and pay him, uh, and that did not happen. It didn't seem like anybody really wanted him, so I feel like he maybe got a little bit of humble pie last year, and I do think that he, he everything he said from what I've seen seems like he really wants to find a way to make it work with the Chargers, so I think he comes back uh, to them. His uh, – uh, Tsunami's wide receivers here are, are pretty good. Uh, obviously his, his second tier guys are a little bit lower, but obviously Allen Sutton, Mike Williams, uh, and then I'm going to throw Slayton in there with what we saw out of him in his rookie season with the Giants. Uh, I think all those guys are really good. Again, if you're only starting two, maybe three, uh, you've got at least four guys right there. So you can deal with an injury and you've still got some death at running back as well to throw into that flex spot. Kittle and Everett, John New at tight end. Uh, obviously Kittle and Everett, the big names there. John New Smith, we'll see if he finally breaks out now with what looks like Delaney Walker is going to finally be gone in Tennessee. Uh, so overall, uh, I like his receiving core. Uh, altogether, he does have one first-round pick and a second-round pick. Uh, with that first-round pick, uh, he's at the back end. I believe he he's team nine in this, so he's picking as the second-last pick in the first round. I'm probably taking the best wide receiver available at this point for Johnny because I do think that he needs to kind of increase that a little bit more unless a Cam Akers, Keyshawn Vaughn uh, type falls to you at that nine pick. If one of those guys falls, I'd take them over any wide receiver outside of C. Delam or Jerry Judy. Uh, so what do you guys think he, he needs to improve? Because for me, it's it's probably one running back and, and at least one more wide receiver if he can get him. I think definitely one wide receiver is where I would look at because two of his top three are on the same team, a team that currently doesn't have a quarterback. That would be why for him I'd also be hoping Melvin Gordon goes somewhere else to kind of diversify he has a lot of assets tied up in the los angeles chargers who have a lot of questions about their offense i mean they're legitimately talking about starting tyrod taylor next year yeah and with that rookie pick he's potentially looking at i don't think acres is going to fall in the rookie draft i think he'll go before nine so he's probably looking at like t higgins or possibly Jalen rager oh i take Uh, rager 
Justin Jefferson, Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards, those guys are all likely to be available there. Even LaVisca Chenault uh, should be available then. So he's going to have uh, lots of uh, wide, young wide receivers to choose from. Yeah. And uh, I, I kind of agree with the, Matt's take on the, the wide receivers. He, he should put, put both of them on the market and make a deal. To, to move one of them mm-hmm. and, and and try to diversify that portfolio. It's especially given the uncertainty at the quarterback position in, in Los Angeles. Yeah, I mean, I could see maybe pairing Mike Williams with some kind of pick, maybe get a couple picks back or something like maybe Mike Williams in a second to get two first or something like that. I don't know if you could pull that off. Mike Williams, I guess, kind of, but you always, you have one person in every league that believes Mike Williams is going to be the next big thing. So you might be able to pull that off. I mean, I don't, I don't, I like that he's got Harmon. I do think Harmon can take a step forward, but I, I didn't even think about that. The, the kind of, I guess, undiversified team he has here with all the Los Angeles Chargers. Maybe he's a Chargers fan. Uh, but, uh, the one thing I did want to mention before we move on from his team as well, uh, is that, uh, with your third round pick, I would try and grab a quarterback. If if I if I were you, uh, I would imagine at least one of those top three guys is going to fall, uh, especially in a ten teamer. Especially with most of these teams having at least one good starting quarterback outside of uh, thanks Obama. Uh, so I, I would um, I'd probably try and grab whichever one's there, whether it's Tua, Herbert, Burrow, whichever one falls to the third round. I'd probably use your third round pick to grab one of those guys, so you can kind of secure your future at quarterback. Because Matt Ryan probably has a couple good years left in him, but he's the only guy. Uh, on your list, again, because we don't know what happens with Cam that I, I truly trust. I would also, I, I keep saying I'm going to move on, uh, I would also probably try and trade one of your running backs to a team that needs running backs. Uh, you've got a, a decent depth here. Uh, I might try and move a Henry or Ingram or possibly even Gordon while there's, there's probably their stock is still pretty high after what they did last year uh, to maybe get some picks or maybe even pair one of those guys with a pick to get a better wide receiver or them and, and a Mike Williams to get a really big name if you could. Um, I'm going to change what I said I was going to do and make things interesting. I'm just going to go off what we have on the spreadsheet here. Uh, so next up is JPH4M on the list here. So he's got um, – an okay team. We all kind of had him listed a little bit all over the place. I had him at seven. So did Dennis. But uh, Matt, you really liked his team. You had him up here at three. Uh, so at quarterback, Wilson and Murray uh, doesn't have much at running back though. Uh, Damian Williams, Raheem Mostert, Darrell Williams, James White, McKinnon, Lynch, Edmonds, Howard, David Johnson, Madison, Penny, Pro Size. So I think you're really betting on here that David Johnson gets moved and, and ends up being the David Johnson we saw a couple years ago. Madison is a is a good plug play guy when Cook is down and out. Uh, Penny, you're hoping Penny comes back and, and uh, eventually takes that job away from from Carson. Does anybody believe, I know we all kind of don't know what to think about Damian Williams, if he's going to be the guy or not be the guy in uh, Kansas City, but what do we think about Mostert? Because uh, he obviously had a great run for them at the end of the year with San Francisco. Does anybody think he comes back next year and is the guy for San Francisco? I think yes, as much as San Francisco lets anybody be the guy, I mean, that's probably the bigger challenge is even if he plays well, there's still that chance that somebody that, that Brita or Coleman or Wilson or some dude that's not on the team yet gets in and makes a couple plays and Shanahan goes, well, well let's see how this keeps going. And, because that's how that offense, that's how they run their running backs. 
I'd love for Mostert to continue to get get the ball, but I think he's going to be 28 years old next year. So un- unless we're looking at a Justin Forsett like late late career breakout, uh, I don't I don't know. I'd be very nervous uh, pinning my hopes on Mostert for next season. Yeah, I just think he and Tevin Coleman are probably going to share um, the load. And I, and I liked what I saw from him uh, at the end of the season. So I, I probably am a little higher on him and Damian Williams than you are. But but who knows? I mean, running back's definitely his weak area. But yeah, I really sure. liked his wide receivers. Um, I really liked his quarterbacks. I thought he has some decent swings at tight end. I like. Uh, Dallas Goddard and Tyler Higby, uh, based on what we saw. So if he can, uh, not being able to draft picks, I mean, if he doesn't draft picks, that he's going to have a harder time improving his running back. But to me, yeah. you know, running back can be the most replaceable of all positions. Yeah, so he's got a first-round pick and uh, two-thirds this year. So, And, again, he's picking, I believe, at the eighth spot here. So, I mean, chances are, as we just talked about, you're probably looking at maybe Keyshawn Vaughn because I'm with De- – uh, the more I thought about it when I mentioned Cam Akers earlier, I'm with Dennis. I don't think Cam Akers probably falls past six at, at worst. So you're probably looking at Keyshawn Vaughn's the next best available for him. I'm with his, with you, Matt. Why, running back is where he definitely needs to improve. He's stacked at wide receiver. Hopkins, Thielen, Edelman. Uh, Gallup, Boyd, Kirk. I mean, you could easily move one or two of those guys and I think still be good. And I really like his tight ends as well. I mean, we don't know what we're going to get out of McDonald. A lot of people thought he was going to break out last year. That didn't happen. But I love Dallas Goddard. I think he's going to be the guy sooner rather than later here. So, uh, great. I, I, I don't mind his tight ends. I would probably maybe see if I can get a another one. Uh, you could probably get tight end cheap. Matter of fact, I'd actually attack that in the draft. I take that back. Uh, there's uh, at least four guys in this draft that I think are going to be really good tight ends. Uh, tight ends always get pushed down in the draft because you don't have that high-end guy like an Evan Ingram or TJ Hawkinson, Noah Fant, uh, that you've had in the past couple years. So you can probably get one of those top-end uh, tight ends in this year's draft late. You know, a Pinkney, maybe a, a Hopkins. Uh, I'm trying to think of, I can't remember his name now. It just jumped out of my head. Uh, but, uh, I'll. Harrison Bryant. Harrison Bryant. There we go. Yeah. I think, uh, Hunter Bryant, even as well. I mean, you've got those guys who I think really could, uh, end up being guys you could snag in the third and fourth round in this year's draft and, and be good to go. Uh, so Dennis, what are your thoughts on his team before we move on? What is running back his weakness for you as well? What would you kind of do to, to help him out with that? Yeah, I, I I like his depth at quarterback with Wilson and Murray. I, I think he needs to hop on one of those young wide receivers, maybe Boyd. If, if you believe Gallup is going to take another step, I, I like Gallup, then maybe move Boyd. I don't think he'll be super successful trying to move Thielen or Edelman. But if you can move Kirk or Boyd and get a late first or an early second and double tap the running backs there, so if he can walk away with Moss and Vaughn there uh, at 109, you know, 201 kind of thing, and come away with with two young running backs to kind of bolster that uh, mess he has there. So uh, I, I do I do like the opportunity there. I think his depth at, at tight end is pretty good. Higby and Goddard are gonna. Uh, I Higby, I, I think. 
I definitely like Higby over Everett. I, I think he's started to show that he's the one going to be on the field. So Goddard, uh, I want to believe the time is coming. Mm-hmm. But as long as Ertz is there, uh, you know, it's it's that's almost like the uh, San Francisco backfield, the, the Philadelphia tight end situation. Yeah, all right. So Matt has about 10 minutes left, so we'll, we'll get through as much as we can with him, and then me and Dennis will finish it up here. Uh, I did mess up, so I want to really quick touch on one thing. Uh, it has on here their draft positions, and I just was stupidly not paying attention. So Johnny Tsunami on here, at least the, the picture that I have, he is uh, – actually third on the draft board so you could easily get one of those top three running backs which we talked about a running back and is kind of running back and wide receiver were his thing so maybe trade back if you want but otherwise you should be able to get one of those top ones uh and jph is at four so in my opinion you can get acres there and be perfectly fine i would grab acres uh, and especially if he lands on a good team you you just locked up your running back one in my opinion in the draft uh so next up is uh unfortunately the team we all picked as the last play team or I'm sorry me and uh me and Dennis picked as the last place team and thanks Obama Matt you had him at nine uh he is number one according to this sheet on the draft board so he is going to get his overall uh whatever pick he wants whoever whatever he wants at first uh quarterback I mean you're just you've got Stafford that's it I mean Brissett we think is going to be the quarterback in Indy in Indy next year but there's already been a lot of talks about them trying to bring in somebody else so maybe you have him for one more year uh running back you've got a, a couple good players in Carson and Aaron Jones uh obviously we don't know how healthy Carson's going to be coming back next year uh and if he's going to continue to give up more and more of that backfield to Penny Aaron Jones is a stud so you at least have an RB1 there especially when he is healthy wide receiver you've got two guys in in Robinson and Diggs that I really like we I don't know what Tyro Williams is going to be I like Sterling Shepard uh, but he just does not seem like he's been able to put it all together same with John Ross and Fuller I actually kind of like Hilton as well I I just kind of missed him on there. Uh, Hilton, I, I don't mind those three. I actually think if, if Hilton is your third wide receiver, while it doesn't stack up with some of the other third wide receivers in this league, that's not a bad option to have as your third wide receiver or your flex spot. So so I like that move for you uh, altogether. Uh, but nothing really yet tied in. I mean, Hollister, Graham, Reed, Burton, You, you I'm just being honest here, you've got nothing. You need to get a tight end in badly. So for me, looking at your team, you need another running back, another wide receiver, and another tight end. Uh, I just had his picks up here. I was hoping maybe with the way that his team was, he had a couple more picks. He doesn't. He, he's just got a first, second, and then two fourths this year. So if your first round pick, you are picking one. I mean, you've got to take Swift, Dobbins, Taylor, I guess, whichever one falls in the best draft spot in your opinion uh, for me, uh, and then just attack other spots. I don't know who you could possibly trade to get some more stock back either uh, from, from draft picks. So, Matt, what, what's yeah. your kind of overall take from his team, and what would you do to try and improve this roster? Yeah. Well, that was that was the kind of tough thing um, for me. I I thought his receivers were a little bit better than Kamarik. That's why I put him nine uh, instead of ten. But running back uh, becomes an even bigger, I think, issue when you think about the fact that Chris Carson, who is not a terrible RB two, is probably not there at all in twenty twenty coming back from that broken hip. Uh, so I would definitely think you got to do running back. Um, quarterback situation is going to be tough to tight end i mean it's it's going to be a tough probably a tough uh tough break i think actually his, he may have to start over completely at tight end because it sounds like jordan reed's probably close to retiring burton and graham 
on the chopping block for their team. So it's going to be a tough road to hoe, probably a multi-year campaign for him to uh, get back to being real competitive. Yeah, I, I agree, and, and that's that's why I put Aaron Jones on the block. I put Allen Robinson on the block. This team is a complete rebuild. Uh, I put the 101 on the block. If I can get two first-round picks, if I can move back to 104, 105, you know, and pick up a 2021 first and another piece that will be serviceable, he doesn't need to – worry about winning the league this year this this guy needs to worry about fielding enough players for a starting lineup and gathering assets to build on Aaron Jones I, I love Aaron Jones uh, I think he's going to have another good year but he is by the time you're ready to com- be competitive Aaron Jones is going to be uh, at the back end maybe even outside the back of the hashtag two three year window so he, Put him on the block. They need, he needs to start looking to 2021. Pick up draft picks. Try and get first-round picks next year uh, and make that the year that he's going to go for it. He doesn't have the ammunition to do it this year. doesn't have the players yeah. and doesn't have the volume of picks. So he needs to he needs to liquidate, get draft picks in 2021, and, and just make sure he can field a team that has players playing each week. So if, if he goes into the, the season uh, and his running backs are uh, Carlos Hyde and a rookie he picked up at 106 or 105, so be it. You know, if Tyrell Williams, T.Y. Hilton, uh, and, and John Ross are starting wide receivers, then so be it. But, you know, for him it's just about – getting assets for 2021 and heck maybe even as far out as 2022. Yeah. I mean, they, they have on here, whoops, 2022. So obviously they can trade a couple years in advance. Uh, I wouldn't be against that either moving the one, one, especially if you can, you know, get multiple first back, which is what it would have to take. There's no way you can give up one Oh one for like one five and a second. You've got to get two first round picks back. Maybe someone wants to move up to make sure they get swift, Dobbins or Taylor so so you can move that the one thing I would say on Aaron Jones too I would also try if you could uh, to maybe get a young up-and-coming wide receiver as well because why while while your wide receiver core is not bad uh, if you compare you know Aaron Jones with a young up-and-coming wide receiver and a draft pick you can almost kind of knock out a a spot that you have to eventually kind of fill up and you can already start to rebuild your wide receiver core as obviously those guys hold value a lot longer and then use your draft picks throughout the next couple years to rebuild your running back core because you obviously have um, a couple really good players here like I said especially at wide receiver Hilton's the only one who's really kind of aging but you got a young Sterling Shepard who I still think will be good for a couple years Uh, so all in all I don't think it's a bad team but you got to make some moves you've got to do something and and I think you do kind of as Dennis and Matt said they're kind of have to dive all into the rebuild uh, and, and plan on being more competitive probably in 2022 than in 2020 and 2021. Jew Pickle is next up here on the list. So quarterback, uh, I mean, they've got the best quarterback in the league and Baker, the touchdown maker. Uh, outside of him, though, I mean, you have probably four starters. So I think you're good there. Ryan Tannehill likely back in Tennessee. Trubisky is technically the starter in Chicago. And then we all think Bridgewater is going to land somewhere. So I think you're, you're pretty set right now at quarterback. 
I'm a little worried about your running backs. You have a lot of name talent, but I'm not sure you have a lot of guys that are going to produce for you. You got Gurley Bell, Jalen Samuels, Chris Thompson, Kenyon Drake, Devonta uh, Freeman, and Tariq Cohen. All guys who at times have been studs last year did not prove that outside of Kenyon Drake for the back half of the season. I, I don't. I'll give the whole run of the team actually first. So wide receivers, you're you're set. You ain't got to make any moves here, man. Julio Joe, Julio Julio Jones, Godwin, Parker, AJ Brown, and then you got Renfro and Sanders is kind of like your back end guys. That's perfect. You've got three studs. I'm still not a hundred percent sold on Parker, but if he can do half of what he did last year, he's gonna he's gonna continue to be good for the next couple seasons. And then you're also sold. Actually, I take that back. You're really good at wide receiver because you've got Isabella and Campbell in your taxi squad, which I forgot about. And you're set at tight end with Ertz, Olsen, Eifert, Hawkinson, and Fant. So for me, the reason I had you down here where I did uh, was just because of your running backs. I mean, Gurley, Bell, uh, I mean, they're on the back nine here, and I don't think they're going to get any better, and I just don't trust Drake. I know he had a really good back end here with Arizona, but we don't know if he's going to re-sign with Arizona. A lot of teams, it seems like, are hesitant to pay running backs now. So you need to make a big move here at running back. That's really... In my opinion, your only weakness, your draft. He's drafting out of the eight spot. So again, that goes back to what we talked about earlier. Probably not getting a really good running back out of the draft. A first, third, fourth, and fifth this year. Uh, so what would you guys do? And is running back the weakness for you guys as well? Yeah, I think running back was probably the focus area that I thought of too. You know, I, as much as I love Le'Veon Bell, he did not look very good with the Jets. Uh, you can't really rely on him. Drake, your best hope is that he goes back to Arizona and is the guy, which is a question. Todd Gurley, you know, is a big name, but some questions. And he's got a guy like Devontae Freeman who they're talking about cutting loose. So I think if I was to focus anywhere, that would probably be the area I would try to pound right away. Yeah, I don't really have much to add. I think Baker has to take a step for his quarterback position to be secured. Uh, you know, there was talk I saw today, uh, a couple different blurbs on Twitter, I think might have started at uh, uh, Roto World, uh, where it originally came from, that Teddy's looking for $30 million a year, and there there's some thought that he might be able to get it. So if he goes somewhere at $30 million a year, he's not going to be the backup. Uh, it's, it's a situation where... You know, his I, honestly, well, I guess he's got Fant and Hawkinson. So for them yeah. to step up uh, at tight end, if the Earth situation plays out like uh, we talked about for JPH 4M's team um, and his Goddard share, it, it's he really has one or two players to build around, and that's uh, Godwin and AJ Brown. Uh, it's a one quarterback league, so you know. Baker's okay. Yeah. But it's, you know, you're not building teams around quarterbacks in one quarterback leagues. Uh, I don't think there'll be any return on Andy Isabella, so they can probably cut him. Uh, it's, it's a team that's, you know, it's, it's in the worst possible place. It's the middle of the pack. Yeah. Uh, probably in a 10 team league, probably not in the playoffs. First team out of the playoffs. Uh, it's not good enough that one or two players is going to put you in the title, and it's not bad enough that you're going to get a first or second pick in the draft. So you need to figure out how to commit, which way to go. And, and I don't think it 
doesn't sound like he has the assets to now did you say they had three or four first rounders no just uh just oh, okay. one just one first round pick he's he's okay. picking at the eight spot so he made the playoffs last year with this team uh, i mean he's got the a first a third a first third fourth and fifth this year so okay um you know what i would say just going back to the team we just had a minute ago man it'd be hard to move aj brown Maybe find a way to get Aaron Jones off thanks Obama's hands. I mean, if you could pair Aaron Jones, and then again, we, you're basing a lot of this on whatever happens with Drake. Because I think Drake's probably your your best running back moving forward at the moment. Because I, I personally do not believe Gurley and Bell are going to ever be running back ones again. Uh, not that Drake will be either, but if you can get Aaron Jones, I do believe Aaron Jones can. You've got the wide receivers and a tight end to make it happen. Could you, you pair a Parker and a Ertz? to maybe get Aaron Jones, maybe throw in a pick there, because all of a sudden, now you've given, thanks Obama, two pieces that he needs and a, and a pick as well, and you're getting back probably your biggest need at a running back. So that might be something I would look in doing, uh, in my opinion, is looking at thanks Obama and being like, hey, what can we do to maybe make this happen, get Aaron Jones off your hands, help me out at running back, and I can send you back a couple pieces, because you're, you're deep at wide receiver uh, and, and tight end, in my opinion. So you could probably afford to move away from a couple of those guys, uh, get a running back like an Aaron Jones talent, which could help your team, and then all of a sudden push you more toward that contender that Dennis was just talking about, instead of having to take a step backwards and going toward a rebuild. All right, game of end zones. Uh, he was uh, a team we all had pretty high. Uh, we all liked his team for the most part. I had him at five. Uh, Dennis, you had him at three. Matt, you had him though down at eight. So you were not quite a fan of his team as me and Dennis were. Uh, set at wide, re- or wide receiver running. My goodness, guys. Quarterback, Lamar Jackson and Daniel Jones. You've got two future studs for a while. You are good there. Running back, you've got a, a couple of really good guys here. Singletary, Jacobs, obviously Dalvin Cook. I love the Bryce Love pick, as I, I know Matt, uh, Dennis does as well. Dennis is really big on uh, Bryce Love. Uh, Lamar Miller, he's not going to do much for you. Rodney Anderson, I, I, he's got all the talent in the world. has got to stay healthy. I uh, can't see who this other running back is because Dennis is looking at him right now. So we'll, we'll come back to him in a minute. Uh, wide receivers, Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup, Amari Cooper, DK Metcalf, Washington, Auden Tate. I like. Uh, we'll see if, if they end up do taking um, Burrow. How that helps him out, if at all. Uh, tight end. You're. I think you're really good at tight end as well. And and Brait and Joku, Hooper, Gasecki. I don't know what's going to happen with Ebron, but then you have Irv Smith and Sternberger as well. So you've got more than enough yeah, stud really talent at tight end. Yeah. So Matt, I know you you have to leave soon here, so I'm gonna let you give your breakdown on game of end zones here in case you've got to go before we get to the next team. Yeah, I think for me on this team, uh, I thought the quarterback situation was pretty good, and I liked their tight end group quite a bit. Um, wide receiver, you know. I love Amari Cooper a lot more than you do, but Amari Cooper is a wild card, especially this offseason, not knowing where he's going to go. DK Metcalf, I thought he had a decent year at times. He has some young guys that could do some stuff. Uh, in my opinion, it's time to let Des Bryant go. Um, I, I do not think he's coming back um, or will be worth it on fantasy. <laughs> he has some younger running backs who – if they hit, I would like his team uh, more, but I'm not a big Royce Freeman guy. There's a lot of talk in Denver that they're going to get another running back, and Royce Freeman's going to have the Devontae Booker role this next year, which will make him unplayable. Um, I like Singletary, but would like to see 
uh, I like Dalvin Cook um, and Jacobs. It wasn't a bad team. Just when I was going through, I didn't feel as confident um, of a lot of the starting lineup. And he has a lot of guys whose value could fluctuate a great deal this offseason, which makes it tough uh, to totally dial in on how you feel at this point. Dennis, what are your thoughts on this team? So you ever do a set of rankings and then feel good about it and then you look back and think, oh, I kind of blew that one a little bit. So I kind of have a super flex mindset. And so as I was whipping through these teams and ranking, uh, I I was looking at two quarterbacks. And, and, well, this is a one-quarterback league. So I probably would have dropped them down a spot, maybe two spots now. Uh, I mean, Lamar Jackson, Daniel Jones, and Sam Darnold are, are that's a solid quarterback crew. Yeah. Um, with arguably the best quarterback in the league. So um, he's really good there. Cook and Jacobs are great as your top two running backs, and then Singletary is your third. And while it's easy to discount Lamar Miller, I, I would <laughs> say that, uh, you know, everybody was – Throwing away Carlos Hyde last year too, so at I, some I point the, these vets kind of come out, and, and being that they're professional football players, they just kind of do their thing. And and so I don't know about Miller; he he could fizzle out. He could be a great option as the RB four. Um, Cooper and Metcalf are, a, I think, a really good top two wide receivers. Then it comes down to, uh, is there going to be a breakout for Boykin? Uh, will Corey Davis have a fifth-year breakout uh, like Devontae Parker did? Uh, they got James Washington, Auden Tate, Josh Reynolds. So the potential is there. Uh, I, it's probably a situation where I, I do have that team uh, a little bit too high. I mean, I don't, I don't mind it. I mean, I have him high with you. The one thing I liked about this team is I think he's set everywhere but wide receiver, and he's still got two really good ones. I mean, again, I'm not an Amari Cooper fan, but he, he was a top ten wide receiver last year, so you can't knock him for that. Regardless of where he goes, he's shown in Oakland and now in Dallas that he can be a top ten wide receiver. I love DK Metcalf coming out last year. I think he proved to everyone that he can be a stud in the NFL. So my biggest thing is for him, he just needs the depth at wide receiver. I mean, again, he's loaded at tight end. So maybe you make a move at tight end for one of those teams that needs a tight end. And on some weeks, you could probably end up playing two tight ends, one in your tight end spot, one in the flex, and then not hurting your team that much. I mean, a lot of people think Gusecki is going to take a huge step forward this year. He started to take a step forward at the end of last year. Maybe this is the year he does it. Irv Smith, Sternberger are both two guys that I was really high on last year. Uh, I mean, I had Sternberger as my number three tight end above Irv Smith last year. So I I think both those guys are going to be good. I think he's set at running back. I I don't, I mean, your biggest issue at running back is going to be Dalvin Cook because he tends to get injured. So maybe you try and make a move to get Madison uh, from the owner who has him just to make sure that you're backed up there at the the Vikings running back position. But assuming all three stay healthy, you've got Cooks, Jacobs, and then Singletary is probably going in your flex with Cooper and Metcalf as your starters. That's not a bad lineup because you could win any week with those guys. Are they going to be the most consistent? No. But you could still win any week with those guys, especially having Lamar Jackson at your quarterback with him putting up the numbers that he does. So for me, your biggest weakness is just that third wide receiver spot. I mean, 
to be honest, you're drafting at the seven spot. That's the prime spot right now. You're going to get likely your pick at wide receiver outside of maybe one guy going off the board. So if Jerry Judy or Lamb goes off the board, you're now getting your pick of a loaded wide receiver class. And again, I'm going to point out, with it being a 10-team league, you're likely going to be able to get another first-round talent at wide receiver in the second round at your spot. So I don't think he needs to do much. I think he just kind of needs to improve that wide receiver core a little bit, and he's going to be good to go. So maybe try and trade one of your tight ends to a tight end needy team to get maybe a, a tier two Wide receiver A, wide receiver 2, maybe even a high-end wide receiver 3 if you can. Uh, and I think that would really help out your team. Outside of that, I think he, he's set and good to go. All right, so Kamarik now. He is, uh, I, I don't know. This is why I had him low. I think I had him all the way down at, at 9. Um, I had him at 8. Uh, Dennis, you had him at 9. And then Matt, you had him at 10. Uh, wide receiver, running back here. Quarterback, he does not have much. He's got one starter, really, in Breeze. I don't know what Brady's going to do, and regardless, I'm, I don't really see him as much of a starter, especially in a 10-team league. Kyle Allen and Duck Hodges. Uh, Barkley is by far your best running back. you got Murray, Coleman, Brian Hill, Rojo, Bonifon, and Boone. Montgomery I do like, uh, as well as probably your running back, to A ton of other guys, Armstead maybe in a couple years, but nobody at, at wide receiver. I do not like any of these guys. John Brown, Woods, Conley, Pascal, Hardman, Deontay Johnson, Olubisi, Johnson and then just Waller at tight end so I think Barkley and Montgomery if you if you have to say a strength of your team I guess is going to be that because you've got the number one running back overall and you got a guy that me and Dennis both think I could turn around this year in Montgomery outside of that you need to make major improvements at your wide receiver Woods uh, has consistently been a top 15 wide receiver the past couple years so at least you have a top option uh, but we don't know if he's going to continue to do that you need to get yourself another if not two wide receivers and definitely another tight end I would attack a quarterback in the draft as I mentioned earlier, those guys are likely going to fall. Uh, and so I wouldn't necessarily trade for one. He's got a first, second, third, fourth, and fifth this year. Actually, two fifths. So you likely can get a quarterback, as I mentioned earlier, in the third round, maybe even fourth. That's where I would try and attack a quarterback to get a younger guy. You need to make some moves to get a wide receiver. Unfortunately, I don't know what you can do because you don't have a lot of depth anywhere to be able to make a move to get in a wide receiver. Yeah, to trade Barkley, I think. Oh God, and then that's going to kill him at running back. So, Matt, this is your last I, I know, team, so, never, so give us your breakdown. Yeah. I never thought I'd see a team that had Saquon Barkley that I'd say was the worst in the league, but, uh, you, you know, you've kind of chronicled it. He's not got a lot going for him at receiver. I don't think he has a quarterback on his roster. I believe Brees is going to retire, and I'm not sure I'm relying on Brady. Uh, Waller had some great moments at times, but he's on another team that there are still some off-season questions, but he is still one of your best assets. I think you would have to take Barkley, try to sell him for as much as you possibly can get, and just go all in on rebuilding because trying to hang on to Barkley and Waller and trying to fill all those other holes, I, I mean, that could take a decade, honestly. What's he have for draft picks? Uh, a first, second, third, fourth, and two-fifths. And he is picking okay. out of the, according to this, he is picking out of the sixth spot. Yeah. So that's, I mean, he's not even a high first. That's why I think his best play has got to be to try to flip Barclays, as tough as that is. 
All right, Matt, thanks. Thank you. I know you've got to go to, to have a, a special, more continued Valentine's here with, with your wife. So have fun with that. We appreciate you jumping on. Uh, and I look forward to talking to you on Thursday. Yep, sounds good. See you then. Bye, man. All right. All right, Dennis, so now that uh, it's just you and me here, we're going to knock out the rest of these teams. But go ahead and give me your kind of breakdown here on Comeric. Yeah, I, I I agree with Matt. I mean, if I was willing to trade Aaron Jones on the on the team I have ranked 10th, I, I got to be willing to trade Barkley on the team I have ranked 9th. Uh, the, the depth, you know, if he's putting together a starting lineup, he's got Breeze, Barkley, Montgomery, or Ronald Jones. And then his wide receivers are really where it gets dicey because he's got some young guys that need to step up. He's got Woods, who's consistent, uh, but probably not elite. And then he's got Hardman and Deontay Johnson. Zach Pascal showed a little bit, and John Brown. So there are some guys there that, if it all comes together for them, can take the next step. But I don't think I want to bank on that. That's just... Not a situation where I'd hang my hat. So for him, I, I agree. Unfortunately, he doesn't have the level of pieces to sell. You know, he, he's he got Barkley, Waller in a 10-team league. It's going to be a lot harder to sell. You're going to end up selling Waller at a discount probably. Um, Maybe if Rojo comes out hot and has a couple good games to start, he can move him in season. Yeah. Maybe even Montgomery. But but he, this is a team I think that probably needs to. Where I said uh, thanks, Obama needed to maybe look as far out as twenty twenty one. Kamarik probably needs to start looking twenty one twenty two, and start thinking that far out. Uh, he, he just he he'd be carried, you know. Breeze is pretty consistent. He's gonna, he gets points, uh, but the injury cut him out for a, what six, eight games last year, six games, six games, yeah. And then uh, Brady is up and down uh, anymore, so he doesn't have the depth at quarterback. Two old guys and then a couple nobodies. So uh, he's in a tough spot. He needs to bite the bullet. I think you can still get decent draft capital for Montgomery if you move Montgomery. Maybe even Ronald Jones if you find somebody. If, if he's got somebody like you in his league, <laughs> you probably still get a late first-round pick for Ronald Jones. I don't know first. High second for sure, not a first. So, yeah, I, I mean, mean it, it's definitely man. a team that's that's uh, in rebuild. See, for it's just God, it's so hard to move Barkley though. I mean, you know he's going to be a stud for probably I would say six, seven more years. So having to move him would just it, it would be tough. But I might have to agree with both of you guys. I mean, again, like, I don't mind having Woods as my wide receiver one. He's likely not going to bring you wide receiver one numbers every week, but he's been more consistent than people realize. He he had a couple bad weeks last year, but if you go back and look at it, he was actually putting up double-digit points almost every single week. So Woods is a good option. I don't want to say that he's not, but I'm with you. Like He's got a lot of young guys. But I don't see Deontay Johnson producing this year. I, I Maybe if Sammy Watkins leaves, Hardman does something. But I think Hardman and Tyreek, something we talked about after the Super Bowl, those two guys are just so much alike. I don't know if Hardman produces that a way that Tyreek does because I still think Tyreek is going to get the play. you got a guy like Armstead who we both like, but we don't know if he's even going to be the guy when Fournette leaves. And obviously Fournette only has one more year. I wouldn't be surprised if Jacksonville ends up re-signing Fournette. So you, he's got a bunch of young guys. We just don't know what they're going to be. Uh, so, I mean, 
The problem is, can you move Barkley and get a ton back for him? And I, I don't know. There's not a lot of teams in here that have a whole lot of players and a whole lot of draft capital. I mean, we were going through, I was going through, and some of you guys were looking at, uh, talking about there's one team that has like three first-round picks, so maybe you can get the three first-round picks for Barkley. And even then, I feel like you're kind of selling low on him. So he's probably the one guy you have to move. And then as you two are both saying, moving more toward a rebuild, if you move Barkley, I don't know. I'd, I'd keep Montgomery. I do think that Montgomery can still be a guy that you can build around, and you're likely getting a lot of draft capital back. Then I still think Montgomery is going to be relevant by 2021, 2022, if, if you feel like you can compete around that time. So I wouldn't move Montgomery. Um, they do have Coleman, which I guess we've kind of been overlooking. I don't know if, if I'm really that sold on Coleman and, and buying into yeah, I, him. I don't think we're overlooking him. Okay. I mean, he's, he's there, so he could be something. But, yeah, I just – as much as I hate to say it, I think he's right there with with thanks Obama. Uh, they're they're the the two that I felt like you were you you have a lot of work to do, unfortunately, and they don't have a lot of draft capital either uh, to do it. Maybe uh, the one thing I could say for Kamarik here is you have a lot of guys that I think are worth uh, second round, maybe even third round picks. And as I mentioned earlier in this in the podcast here, uh, this is a very deep draft, especially at wide receiver. So maybe move one of these guys like a John Brown or a Woods. I mean, I would try and get a first for Woods. I still think that he is worth that. John Brown's not going to get you a first. Uh, but I mean, maybe if, if you're JP for JPH for M, would you give up Kyler Murray a 2020 first, uh, 2022nd? And I don't know Christian Kirk for Barkley. I mean, I I I don't know if I take back that for Barkley, but I'd give it up if that's what he offered. Yeah, I mean, ah, it's so I mean, tough. I mean, if I'm fir- looking at two firsts, uh, uh, I mean, he, the rookie of the year quarterback and that quarterback's likely top receiver. So now he potentially has a, a, a top five quarterback, right? Uh, to build his team around a young receiver, two first round picks in twenty and twenty one to go with the first round pick that he has this year. So now that jump starts your your rebuild. You're still not going to be competitive this year, probably. You're going to end up rolling out, you know, having to piecemeal your running backs. Uh, but you're going to probably in if you got two first round picks in twenty. And two first round picks in twenty one. By by after next season, a, after the twenty twenty one draft, your team should be competitive. Yeah. Uh, so if if you want to go with the JPH one, uh, what I would do if I were him, uh, I would ask for Gallup, Penny, Murray in a first round pick, maybe two. Uh, you know, you're taking a shot. The reason I add Penny in there is take a shot on a guy that he doesn't need. Uh, that could end up being a good running back for you. You're getting at least back a guy that you can plug in every single week. Maybe he ends up becoming a guy that a lot of people hoped he would when he was drafted in the first round by the Seahawks a couple years ago. Uh, you're obviously getting, as you just mentioned, the rookie of the year at quarterback. Uh, you probably have to send someone back, so maybe Breeze or Brady just to give them another quarterback because he only has the other one in Wilson. Uh, but at least you get a young quarterback now that you can build around as well. And I would take Gallup over Kirk. So I, I do think that Gallup is worth Murray as well, or Barkley as well. Like I, I, if you have to one or the other, I think you you have to give up Gallup in my opinion. I think Gallup can be a stud, and and you're getting so you're getting a nice young wide receiver, a uh, running back. You can take a shot on a, a first round pick and a young rookie. Uh, no, not a rookie anymore, but the rookie of the year quarterback. 
I would probably ask for another pick, but if you're getting Gallup, I don't know if you can get two first, so maybe get a second-round pick. I think that's a fair trade. He gets the best running back in the league, and all of a sudden you get a bunch of pieces that you can now build around. You've kind of kick-started your rebuild pretty quickly. Again, and getting a guy like Gallup, Penny, we'll see what happens, but the picks, and then Murray as well. All of a sudden now, you've got your wide receiver one. You pair him with Woods as well. Now all of a sudden, you've got two wide receivers that you can trust every single week. You've got a young quarterback that you ha- that you can trust, in, and now you're just trying to rebuild your running back core, which I don't think is a bad way to go. So it, I, that's a good team that you brought up there. If they can make that happen somewhat close to that, I think it could work out for both of them. All right, Bam Bam Sam is up next. Uh, not a bad team overall. I think he's only got one glaring weakness from from what I kind of see here uh, on his team. So quarterbacks, you're obviously set with Mahomes and Rodgers. Rodgers aging a little bit, but Mahomes, unless he gets injured, you've got, I guess, arguably with Lamar Jackson, the best fantasy quarterback. So you're set there. Running back to me is kind of your biggest issue. You've got Fournette, but then McCoy, Michelle, Washington, Lewis, Dixon, and Kerwin Williams, TJ Yeldon. I mean, none of those guys really scream anything for me. I mean, Fournette obviously finally had that year we were all hoping for when you drafted him uh, 1-1 a couple years ago. Uh, but can he repeat that? I don't know. Has a long, long laundry list of injuries as well, which kind of scares me. McCoy is probably done. Nobody knows what's going to happen with Dion Lewis. He's he's really nothing. I, I don't know if you can ever count on Michelle again with what we saw out of him this last year. Uh, wide receiver, you've got three good guys in Landry Hill and Samuel. Obviously, those three right there, you're good to go. You've got your one, two, and three, uh, all guys who have chances to be in the in the top 15. So you've Is that got, Curtis or Debo? Uh, Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel. So, yeah, he's he's good. I believe it's Debo. I'll double-check here, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's Debo. Uh, so, I mean, he's good. He, he ain't got nothing to worry about, at least in my opinion, wide receiver, especially if A.B. ends up coming back. I don't know if he ends up being a – uh, a wide receiver one at all, but he at least has a guy that is, uh, you know, I, I would say at worst probably a wide receiver two. Would you agree with that in AB if he comes back, no matter where he goes? I mean, he's still a. I think if AB comes back, you sell him for a third round pick and you get out of the <laughs> AB business. All right, fair enough. And I apologize. It's Curtis Samuel. Regardless, I still think Curtis Samuel, if he's your wide receiver three, uh, he's good. I mean, I, I've I've also been on the. Uh, the train that I think Matt Rule is going to do great things for this offense. So maybe I'm, I'm still buying in a little bit too much into the Panthers offense. Uh, but I think Curtis Samuel is a great three. Uh, I did want to highlight, uh, I do like some of your younger guys, uh, in ESB. Um, I, and I mean, a lot of people like carry on Johnson. I'm not as big a fan I, of carry on Johnson. I, I think that's probably supposed to be Keyshawn Johnson. Yeah, it is my bad. I wrote that too, is carry on Johnson, uh, Keyshawn Johnson. Yes. Uh, uh, but I like ESB. I do think that if he comes back this year, he was obviously out all last year with the injury. I do think he has a chance to be a good player in that Aaron Rodgers offense uh, with Green Bay there. So I, I do like ESB. So, I mean, uh, let's see. I'm going to pull up his draft picks really quick so we can kind of discuss that as well. So he has his first, second, third, fourth, and fifth this year. So he is drafting as well out of the second spot, according to this. So that actually plays very well into what I think you need to do in rebuilding your running back core. You're now pretty much getting your pick if you stay in that spot. Uh, let's just assume Swift goes one. I'd be perfectly fine getting Dobbins or Taylor at two. And automatically, you, you've really kind of almost shot up your chances of improving your team right then and there to pair one of those guys. And in my opinion, would move Fournette to your two, which I think is where he's more suited as your RB2. So kind of what are your thoughts on this team and what you would do to kind of help uh, build them into a better contender? 
Well, about six of his eight running backs are pretty close to cuttable. Four of eight are cuttable. Um, but I, I agree with you. You you take that running back at number two, and then you've got uh, Fournette and that rookie is your, your one-two punch there. Michelle, at a, as your running back three, it's probably more palatable. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to start him during bye weeks. He's probably not going to be your top flex. Uh, Landry Hill, Curtis Samuel, Randall Cobb, uh, those are good options. Uh, your, your two starters are, are outstanding in Landry and Hill, and Samuel is your primary flex. It is a good place to be. Picking at the second spot at, at the twelfth pick, you're going to have you're going to be able to pick a, a wide receiver that uh, could potentially be startable. Yep, um, and so that puts you in a good spot. His, his difficult spot is he's not getting a ton of production out of tight end. Yeah, so I didn't even he's, mention he's tight end. He's got Jared end, Cook, yeah. who's, very, who's just inconsistent, and Kyle Rudolph, who's inconsistent. So uh, it's it's like lottery, trying to pick which one of those is going to catch a touchdown pass uh, and, and be playable. So, you know, he could probably – if he can, if he can uh, you know, move Rudolph and A.B., if A.B. signs somewhere – for an upgrade at tight end, uh, then I think that's a, a move he needs to seriously consider. Uh, he's got good depth at quarterback with Mahomes and Rodgers. Uh, I think Andy Dalton could potentially be a starter somewhere this year. Uh, really, He really needs to work on depth. He, he's got a very, very shallow team. Yeah, I think um, what you might be able to do, and I'd have to scroll back through and look at it, but maybe you could move Rodgers to – never mind. I was thinking – I knew thanks Obama needed a quarterback, but he doesn't have a lot of tight ends that you could move. Uh, man, yeah. That's, but I don't uh, think you'd start Rodgers over Stafford, would you? Uh, it depends, man. I don't know what I, I don't know what you'd expect out of Stafford. I'm worried about that back. Um, so I guess tight end, too, if you're trying to – I think you can still roll with Cook this year. Oh, God, man, that's a lot. That's going to depend on what Breeze does, though. That's what worries me. Uh, I mean, I've said it multiple times. You can get a tight end late in this draft for sure. So I, I, I don't. None of those guys are probably going to be like an Evan Ingram, though, that are going to produce big on, on in their rookie year. So you're probably going to have to wait a year. Maybe you can trade a twenty twenty one second for a decent tight end. I might do that. I mean, yeah, it sucks giving up that second round pick value. Uh, but I'd imagine if you throw that toward a um, – there was one – man, I can't remember who he was. Had a bunch of really good tight ends. Maybe you throw that toward game of end zones, a second-round pick in 2021 to try and get one of his guys um, in a Njoku, Irv Smith, Sternberger, Gasecki, something. I mean, he's got a bunch of guys that are going to be sitting on his bench. Uh, he's a guy that we talked about earlier that needs to improve his wide receiver core. So maybe you throw a second-round pick over there to him uh, to try and get that, or maybe a guy like a Cobb because he needs a third – um, kind of like a third wide receiver to to get one of those guys. Uh, that would be what I do. I try and maybe get with. Um, I try and get with. Uh, God, I just said his name and now I forgot about it. Game of end Game zones. Game of end zones. Because yeah. he's got a ton of tight ends, and then he needs some picks or some wide receivers. Maybe you two can work out something to get yourself a tight end. Because I'm with Dennis. That's probably your biggest weakness there, especially with you being able to get a really good running back uh, up at the where, top. Where of the does draft. Game of end zones pick? Uh, let's see here. I got to pull that back up because I lost it. I was trying to reply back to Matt there. So, 
Um, let's see. He is drafting out of the seven spot. So he's a couple, yeah. he's seven. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I mean, he's, if he was, if he was maybe five, oh, are we live yet? Yeah. 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 We're good. Okay. If he was uh, maybe pick five, I might do a pick swap because uh-huh. then I'd still be able to get one of the top five, uh, running backs, uh, pick swap and a player, something like that, get a tight end. In, in uh, a different running back instead of running back out of two, but uh, yeah, it's it, it's a shallow team. He has some guys that are good. Yeah, you know, wide receiver. He he's his top three are, are very good. You know, Curtis Samuel. Uh, if, if he had a quarterback that could have had any kind of deep ball accuracy last year, uh, his season could have been. Oh, we, been we'd be 15. talking a completely different game. Yeah, for sure. Uh, for a completely different perspective about him mm-hmm. this year. But uh, Allen, Allen just couldn't get him the ball. All right. So, yeah, I mean, definitely top-heavy. Need to improve your depth a little bit and, and tie it in for Bam Bam. On to these next two teams. And I, I actually liked both of these guys. So, Captain America, I was trying to pull up here. So, I had him at four. You had him at uh, five, and then so did Matt. So, I mean, we were all pretty much right right there with him, a, a playoff team kind of right there in the middle. Uh, quarterback, you're good. Rivers, Cousins, Carr, Goff. I mean, you've got likely at least two starters in Cousins and Goff. We'll see what happens with Carr. I personally don't think he's going anywhere. So, you've got three. Um, Rivers, I'm kind of just forgetting about. At, at best, you probably have him for one more year. You're good at running back, at least on the top end. You've got Eckler and Kamara. I think regardless of if Eckler moves on to another team or stays with Los Angeles, he's going to have fantasy value. The dude's just too good in the receiving game, and he proved last year as a runner as well. So I'm not really worried about where he goes free agent-wise. I think he's going to be good. Wide receiver, I think you've actually got a sneaky good group of wide receivers here. Thomas and Cup, that's a great one-two punch right there. Westbrook, I know, is a guy that we both thought might have a good year last year. Didn't necessarily work out for him. I, I wouldn't sell low on him, though. I still think he could prove that he's a really good one. And then you have Calvin Ridley as your third. While I'm not the biggest Calvin Ridley fan in the world, having him as your third wide receiver is not bad at all. And then you obviously have Kelsey um, and Ian Thomas at your tight end, which I think means you are set. Uh, I know. Uh, I know you were talking about it last year, even uh, that Ian Thomas was going to have a breakout year this year. I think he's going to have a breakout year next year uh, with Olsen obviously being gone. So you're set at tight end for me. Uh, a lot of like what we were talking about with Bam Bam. You just need to build in some depth here. I think you need to grab probably running back is what I would attack more because I do like your wide receivers for the most part. So if I had to choose one weakness, it would be your running back. Uh, let's see here. I was trying to pull up your. Team. So according to this, you are drafting out of the nine spot. So that's not great. Uh, obviously, you can still get a wide receiver there, but chances are you're not going to be able to grab a really good running back. And he's got a first, second, third, fourth, and fifth. So he's got all of his picks uh, in this year's draft. So what about you, Dennis? Kind of what are your thoughts on on Mr. Captain America's team here? Uh, I, I like the quarterback depth. Uh Goff and Cousins, uh, Goff and Cousins are, are in good shape. Uh, again, I don't know where Rivers is going to go. Melvin Gordon was speculating that he might end up in Indianapolis, uh, because the NDOC, uh, used to be in San Diego slash LA. So Rivers will be able to fit right into the system. He already knows it. Um, so I, I, I feel like he's, he's set at quarterback and, 
even if uh, he doesn't have, you know, a top five quarterback, he's got good quarterbacks. Uh, Kamara and Eckler, I, I think that we're, you know, they're very similar backs uh, in, in what they do. My concern with both of them is, is that they're both going to continually get paired with a thumper, somebody that's going to take touches from them on a consistent basis. Um, that doesn't mean that at 60% of the touches, they're still not going to produce high RB2, low RB1 numbers. Um, I, I think we saw a little bit of Kamara's efficiency drop off, and he didn't quite have uh, – he didn't match his draft capital last year. Um so he, he does need to he, – he needs running back depth. Uh, after that, I mean, Jamal Williams, Benny Snell, and J.D. McKissick are his top three backs after that, and that's that's a rough place to be right there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Wide receiver, though, he goes five deep at wide receiver, I think, with Thomas Cup, Ridley. Uh, I just uh, – I completely AJ overlooked Green, A.J. Green. That's uh, what I was just about to D- say. I didn't even realize D- I Westbrook, him. you know. Uh, Cole Beasley had a great great year. Uh, uh, Kenny Stills, if if something if 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 somehow uh, Will Fuller was able to get moved somewhere, I think as the two to DeAndre Hopkins, Kenny Stills would be consistently uh, just a little bit less than what Fuller is on his blow-up games. Uh, I mean, Stills, he, he, he's a, a good wide receiver. Um, so there, there's depth at wide receiver. Kelsey, Doyle, Thomas at, at tight end, he's got depth at tight end as well. So this team isn't far off. It, it really, really what it needs, I, I think he needs to kind of try to get a top-end running back a top if he can pull something off to get a top five running back, um, you know whether it's you know move Cooper Cup for you know one of the maybe not top five but somebody from the six to ten range, yeah, uh, and go go with Calvin Ridley, AJ Green, Cole Beasley as your your running back or excuse me wide receivers there, you know then maybe maybe that gives that uh, running back core the boost the, that we're looking for. Yeah, so I was looking at his um, – so maybe you could do something. Oh, man, see, it'd be hard. I wonder, Bam Bam Sam, we were just talking about his team, and I believe he's picking out of the two spot. Could you maybe send a Kelsey Cooper Cup and your 1-9 to move up to 1-2 and grab that running back? Because I, while you're going to hurt your tight end depth some, I still think Ian Thomas is going to be a stud. Uh, I mean, obviously, you're giving up the best tight end in the business in Kelsey, but being able to get one of those top two t- two running backs, I think, would be great. Now, obviously, I don't know if Bam Bam would do that uh, because then that's obviously going to hurt their running back chance as well. They need a running back, uh, so maybe the Aaron Jones team 
uh, we talked about earlier would be a good team to jump onto as well. Try and hit them up because, again, same thing. They need some wide receivers, definitely need some tight ends. They have nothing. Uh, and they also need some quarterbacks, and you've got plenty of quarterback depth as well. So maybe you hit up uh, – I was trying to remember what team it was. Who was it? Thanks, Obama. So maybe you go back to Thanks, Obama, and you say, hey, I'll give you Kelsey and this, and, and you try and work out a deal with them as well uh, to bring in some t- uh, some help. Uh, because they're another team that could use a lot of help. You could send in a lot of uh, players over there to get yourself Aaron Jones. And I do think if you add Aaron Jones to your running back core there, same thing. I mean, you you almost make yourself an instant uh, an instant contender, which is exactly what you need to do to win a league like this. So last up, I feel like I said this wrong earlier because you said C.S. Gales and I said C.S. Galus, and I didn't mean like anything by that. I just kind of read it. I'm really bad with names and everything, so we're going to go with C.S. Gales because uh, I just – I apologize for anybody. Uh, don't get offended. I can't say anybody's name, right? That is just, uh, that's that's what I do on this show. I bring horrible fantasy insight, and I get names wrong. That's that's what I'm I'm, I'm very proud of doing here. So uh, let's see here. So Gales here is drafting out of the five spot, and they are the team that has multiple first-round picks. Two. I thought they had three, but they have two first-round picks, a second, uh, a third, fourth, and fifth uh, this year. And uh, that was it. I thought they maybe had two 2021s as well. Uh, I liked this team a lot. I was kind of surprised that they were lower for you guys than they were for me. So I have them at three. Matt had them at four, so he wasn't as low on them, but you had them at eight. Uh, for me, the reason I love them is I think that he's really solid everywhere. He's got a good quarterback in Allen. He can fall back on Fitzmagic and Minshew for at least this year. Again, it being a 10-team league, you can get a quarterback likely somewhere later in the draft, so I'm not worried about that. Running back, while he only has the one stud in Chubb, he's got a lot of guys that can fill in at that two spot. I know you love Marlon Mack. There's been a lot of talk that Indianapolis is going to extend him. I'm not the biggest Mack fan, but he proved at times last year when he was healthy that he could be serviceable. You got Connor. I don't know what to think of Connor, but if he can come back, he's good. And then you got guys like Barber, Travion Williams, Edo Smith, Scarborough, Richard. I mean, all guys that you probably are not counting on every single week, but maybe as an RB2, one week, depending on matchups, can be good. And you are set at wide receiver and tight end, in my opinion. Lockett, McLaurin, Tate, Evans, Richardson, Chark, Debo Samuel. I mean, Alshon Jeffrey, Marvin Jones, you, you're set. In my opinion, he's got nothing to worry about. You've got a ton of youth as well in McLaurin, Lockett. Evans is not that old. Chark, you've got Debo. I mean, come on. Yeah, alone, Chark, Debo, and McLaurin are three guys that came out in the past two years that all prove they can be top-end wide receivers. Uh, and then I love your your tight ends with Henry Herndon and Knox. I think, you know, me and you were both big in on Herndon coming out this year. Uh, obviously kind of disappointed, but I think he could bounce back next year, especially with what we saw to Ryan Griffin in the Jets uh, with the Jets team. I think Herndon is better than Griffin, and I, I love Knox. I thought he had an okay year. Give him one more year in the league, I think he's going to be fine. So my, for me, your biggest weakness is that second running back. Um, I don't know. You have two first-round picks. Uh, get Schmucked, who I believe was drafting out of the 10 spot, so you're not getting one there, but he is drafting out of the 5 spot. So there's a realistic chance that Cam Akers is going to fall to you at 5. You could easily then take him, as I mentioned earlier, and all of a sudden now this team is a title contender, in my opinion. So I think running back for me is his biggest issue, and even if you don't think you can get Akers at five, I would not be against pairing your two first-round picks 
to move up one or two spots. And it's going to suck costing you two first round picks. Maybe you can get a second back. Uh, but I would easily give up my one and, uh, my one at five and the 110, uh, to move up to one, two or even one, one to be able to get the running back that you want for sure. Uh, and then I think you are good to go in my opinion. What are your thoughts on this team, Dennis? Well, having the two first round picks probably changes the grade for me. Uh, that he doesn't have much depth at quarterback. I don't think Min, Minchu is going to be a long-term starter in the NFL. And I don't think Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be around much longer either. So that just leaves Josh Allen. And, you know, I have mixed feelings about how good Allen is going to be. So, you know, some days he's, he shows improved accuracy and other days, not so much. Um, yeah, he's a good runner. He's he's big and he can handle the beating, but we also kind of see where that got Cam Newton over the years. Uh, I do like Chubb. Chubb is a bona fide, you know, high-end RB1, but I think the jury is out on Connor now. I think him and Mac at, as the RB2, I think that's serviceable, I guess. Uh, I, I I think Mac is losing his luster for me. Um, somewhat, but a lot of the depth pieces he has at running back uh, aren't really very good or aren't aren't going to do anything. Uh, I don't expect anything out of Christian Wade or Edo Smith. Uh, you know, Malcolm Brown. I don't think he's going to be the answer or the he's not the heir to Todd Gurley. Uh, I do like the wide receiver core with Lockett McLaurin. Uh, is that that's Golden Tate, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Evans say, yeah. coming off the injury is a little worrisome. Shark, Debo, you, you know, he's got good depth at, at wide receiver, so he, he's set at wide receiver. Um, Henry, I well, as much as I like Henry, I do think there's a little bit of cause for concern um, with the quarterback situation there. Mm-hmm. So you you've got uh, Keenan Allen, and you've got Mike Williams and, you know, God bless Tyrod Taylor, but I don't think, uh, I don't think he's going to be the guy to, to put up the kind of receiving numbers that are going to make Hunter Henry, uh, an elite tight end. Right. I'm concerned about Chris Herndon after he came back last year. Uh, and then they extended Griffin. Herndon never really got any game time. He went then on the DL. So that concerns me. And I, I, I think Dawson Knox, I think the jury is, is still out. Uh, it, it's, it's a gamble. I, I, I think with Knox, you're, you're looking at probably 2021 to see, you know, he, he seems more on the traditional three year cycle for tight ends than, uh, you know, somebody like Evan Ingram or something like that. So, uh, I think Knox could be okay, but I don't know that he's going to be a, a high-end option. So the team, he's got the ability to put some things together with the draft and bolster the positions that he's weak. Mm-hmm. Um, so I probably would bump him up a couple spots based on that. All right. So I think I figured it out. I was looking at this while you were you were breaking that down there. If I'm, if I'm uh, Gales here, and, and I know this is going to seem like a lot, uh, but this is just personally what I would do. Mac, Connor, 
I'm not sure what wide receiver. Maybe Evans. Um, or one of those one of those I'd hate to give up Chark or Samuel, but it might take one of those two. And either one or both of your first round picks to get Barkley. You do that, I think the Barkley owner obviously takes that because now all of a sudden they get everything that they need. And they already, I mean, immediately kickstart their rebuild. Two first-round picks. You get two running backs. So, again, we don't, they could be lower, but they also could produce for you. They're they're low-end guys, probably RB3s, but at least it gives you guys to plug in and play for the next couple weeks. You're still building around Montgomery. You get a wide receiver in Evans, Debo, Chark, whichever one you pick. All of a sudden, now you're able to rebuild your wide receiver core, build around them, and you have now three first-round picks in this year's draft. And in my opinion, you add Barkley to Chubb. And then you're able to start still Lockett, McLaurin, Chark, Samuel, whomever you don't trade out of there. Regardless of what you think about the tight ends, I think that immediately goes right up there with with uh, with Get Schmucked as being able to compete with them. I mean, again, I know he's got a lot of the top name guys, uh, but all those guys can easily produce with the OBJs, Adam, CMCs, and Zeeks. Uh, so that would be what I would do if if, if I'm. If I'm C.S. Gales here, I'm going right to the Barkley owner. I'm like, all right, what is it going to take to get this done? Give me Barkley because you're pairing Barkley and Chubb. Um, I'm sorry, but I'm taking Barkley and Chubb over over CMC and Zeke all day long, in my right. opinion. So that that's what I would do. Otherwise, you're probably, again, as I said earlier, you're, you're taking those two first-round picks and you're trying to move up a couple spots to be able to grab whatever running back you want because I still think – you, if you don't go the Barkley route, you pairing a Taylor, Dobbin, Swift. If you're able to move up with with Chubb, you're still you're making yourself a championship contender. But at least you have the proven in, in Barkley, and that's what I would personally, if I could, I'd try to make the move for Barkley first before I moved up in the draft because I want the guy that I know can do it in the NFL. Well, all right, that that does it. That is all 10 teams here for the D-League. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you think me, Dennis, and Matt were wrong about your teams and uh, you know you, you want to let us know, you can always hit us up on Twitter. If you'd like more help, uh, always feel free to DM any of us. Again, Dennis, you can find at culture underscore coach. Matt, you can find him at Nighthawk7734, uh, and you can find me at SportsFanaticMB. Uh, we'd be more than willing to help you out. We all we, we love to help out anybody. We, we will not ignore you or anything like that. We, we will make time for anybody. Uh, so you can DM us if you have any other questions. We, we'd love to, to help you guys out in any way. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. If you did, uh, give us a, a five-star rating. We would really appreciate it on, uh, on iTunes if you listen to it on iTunes because it really helps us out as well. Uh, this is our first of many that we're going to do throughout this off season uh we're excited to continue doing this as i said earlier in the show to to give back to some of the fans that have been listening to us so dennis thank you so much for joining me today obviously matt had to bail out earlier uh, and i look forward to talking to you later this week hey and, and don't forget to give us a follow on the show handle roundtable yes, exactly yes on twitter you don't have to follow us but definitely follow the show handle because we we're, we're trying to boost that up as well we do a very bad job of actually promoting that and i do kind of feel bad about that sometimes so definitely follow the show as well roundtable ff on twitter Dennis, thank you so much. Have a great night. Right on. Prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wall line ready. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly. Over the tackle of the corner. Who can make a play? I can't. Who can make a break? <laughs>